Hello and welcome to another Crackplot interview. My name is Ryan McBride. Uh, this time around I spoke to Irish YouTuber, historian and educator John D. Ruddy and he's one of Ireland's most popular names on YouTube. He's amassed over 17 million views and has over 100,000 subscribers on the site. So that just kind of gives you some idea of how popular he is online. His new book Manny Mandos Revolutionary Ireland 1916 to 1923 does exactly what it says on the tin and it follows the same style as his easy to understand and highly informative YouTube videos. Now I spoke to John in a hotel cafe in his hometown of Letterkenny, County Donegal about his YouTube channel, his books and his approach to educating people about history. Now there aren't many people you can start cold conversation with in trying to explain the growing split in US political discourse that led to Donald Trump. But with John, that's exactly what happened. And here's what he had to say. And just a heads up, there might be a bit of chatter in the background. Uh, so do you think Trump could have happened without Obama? Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think there, there is... there. Uh, there has there has been quite a seem, seemingly a kind of a reactionary vote uh, in some ways with with Trump, particularly after Obama. It, mm. it was almost as if after whenever whenever Obama was was originally um, elected, there was almost this kind of sense of oh yeah that racism's over now you mm. know we have a black president therefore we're no longer a racist country. Um, you know it's a bit like Ireland at the moment where we're like well. Uh, it was more so the the international papers where they were like, oh wow, look, Ireland has a has a gay prime minister, and it was like, yeah, but <laughs> you know, just because he's gay doesn't make him you know fun and liberal, and um, <laughs> he's better liked outside of Ireland. Right? Well, yeah, um, uh, I'll I'll leave Leo alone for now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, there there has there has been a bit of a reaction. Uh, against Obama and again, you know, because uh, be, be it partially, you know, the Republicans kind of stirring that hate, mm. and you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm being very broad here, but also with certain people, not everybody, but with certain people who do have, you know, racist undertones or ignorances, you know, yeah. I'm not saying it necessarily comes out of a malicious place, but you know, people who have certain prejudices. Uh, it's quite easy to turn them against a black president, yeah. and it's quite easy to turn them towards someone who is, you know, much more kind of, you know, stru- because the thing about Obama as well was, you know, he wasn't the strongest of leaders in some regards. Yeah. You know, I mean, he did he did great work kind of internationally in a lot of ways, um, but at the same time, there were things that he wanted to do that he couldn't get done, like shutting down Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Um, you know, and he did continue a lot of, you know, those drone strikes in and around uh, Pakistan and whatnot. So, you know, he wasn't this great saint. Yeah. And of course, you know, the Republicans kind of constantly threw flack at the uh, at o- Obamacare. Um, yeah before it could even get off the ground um, so it, it was kind of easy to vilify yeah. in some regard so I think yeah there is there is potentially kind of a, a really it's it's quite fitting that the person who follows Obama is yeah, as one of opposites yeah. yeah yeah very sad again yeah. oh well yeah. so We'll move on to happier things. Yay! What, uh, what attracted you to history? This is like, what do you really like about history that really made you want um, to follow it or pursue it? I I love history. 
I see history as a tapestry. Mm. I see history as um, a great big kind of pinboard where uh, you know you've got all of these things. Um, one thing leads to another, leads to another. You know, this one thing that happened hundreds of years ago affects what happens today, mm. and you see this chain reaction of events. Some things tiny, some things huge, um, and I love, I love the more the more that I grow my knowledge of history, the more that I'm able to cross reference history. That I've, I've found myself now uh, uh, looking at. Um, looking at music and particularly classical music and trying to work out it's like what was happening in the world when that piece of music Mm. was written and it it allows you to experience it in a much more effective way it's like when you think the music of Beethoven was written right in the middle of the Napoleonic Wars Mm. you know when Europe was being torn apart uh, at war and here was Beethoven writing do 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 you know, it really becomes um, quite fitting in a lot of ways how this really powerful dramatic music came from such a tumultuous time. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, as I said before, looking back in history and seeing patterns and seeing changes does potentially allow you to, you know, uh, to to spot patterns and see if we're falling into old habits. Um, you know, like I mean, Karen Marx did it. You know, from a sociological perspective, kind of mm. looking, looking at history in the past and going, look, you know, there there have been so many revolutions over time, and usually it was the, the working class getting annoyed that the that the uh, kind of upper capitalist class held all the wealth, and yeah. you know, there there came a breaking point where people ultimately rose up, and it happened time and time again over the centuries and he was like oh, it's only a matter of time before it happens again it's still happening yeah and it's still you know, yeah. it's still happening you know so it's uh, history as I said before is kind of predictable in that, in that sort of it thing. is yeah we're, 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 we're uh, hilariously predictable people and yet the ironic thing is <laughs> so many of the quote-unquote professionals did not predict Trump <laughs> or Brexit, and that's one thing that I do love about history as well is it does it does sometimes kind of throw a wild card yeah. Um, at it, you know. So uh, when did you um, say to convert that kind of love of history into making YouTube videos, or, or what? Made, what made you think? You know, what this would be a really good idea for a YouTube channel, um, or is that, or is that how it happened? Well, it was kind of a series of events, really. Um, I suppose I, I started doing my YouTube videos properly back in 2013. Mm. I'd done, uh, I'd done a presentation. I worked as a youth worker. Um, uh, with the Donegal Youth Service and I remember I was over in Germany on a youth exchange uh, leading a bunch of teenagers who had a great time all together <laughs> and um, uh, I remember as part of we, we had a presentation to do about Ireland and I thought uh, for, 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 for the fun of it uh, that I would do a video or it wasn't even a video it was a PowerPoint presentation where I just used <laughs> I just used images off Google uh, to do a, a, a very quick whistle stop to a uh, line of Irish history yeah. and so it kind of you know it was like you know first we had the you know first Stone Age man built the built the tomb like New Grange and, and then you know went on to like the early Christianity and the Vikings and the Normans and, and you know just one thing after the other after the other after the other and that idea sat with me so that was the summer of 2012 and um, by the summer of 2013 I was kind of like 
I could, I could use, I could turn that into a video. I think dollar I, signs in your yeah, eyes. Well, well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't so much. It wasn't as cynical as that, but it was a kind of a thing of, I, I have a suspicion that if I make a video like that, it could go viral. Yeah. People, a not a lot of people could be entertained by this, and so I made this video uh, using my character of Manny Man, who I'd been drawing since I was about fourteen. Oh, yeah. um, How'd you come up with the name for Manny Man? It just kind of came, just kind of came out of me. It yeah. just, you know, I think it was this kind of like subliminal thing that was in there since childhood from mommy. Um, but you know, we money man. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I ultimately, yeah, decided to use money man because he's really quick and easy to draw. Yeah, and he's quite iconic, you know. He's and plus he's mine, so I was like, well, <laughs> may as well use my own character. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I used him and. Uploaded that first video, um, Irish history in six minutes. Manny Man does the history of Ireland, yeah. and it was a huge success. It went viral as as I had predicted. It went viral across Ireland, and by the end of the week, it was on about seventy thousand views. And I was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And that kind of helped me start get my first uh, foothold of subscribers. Yeah. And so then I decided a couple of months later to try something of a wee bit more international. Uh, international appeal and it was the start of 2014 so it was the beginnings of the centenaries of World War One. so I was like alright well let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's tie, it, yeah, tie in with this and so I decided to do World War One in six minutes and um, that was and uh, considerably harder I would say it was it <laughs> was very much so and uh, and it's funny because I find I find myself now I, I would actually probably do it more in 10 minutes now if I were to do it again mm. just the, the level of history or level of detail that I've kind of gotten and in, gone into in other videos I'd, I, it's something that I wouldn't mind actually revisiting and I might even revisit it next year mm-hmm. uh, for the end of World War One um, but uh, yeah so I so that went that went viral across the world and uh, and it just the channel went from strength to strength. It ended World War Two, then did the Cold War, French Revolution, American Revolution, American Civil War, the uh, Napoleonic Wars, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And um, it really, yeah, it really took off. And so people watch them, and people. What what's what's great about it is it's not just because there are other history channels out there. There are other um, history channels on YouTube, but people want to see my take on it yeah you know they, they seem they seem to they seem to latch onto that and go oh i really want to see what how he <laughs> how john portrays it so uh, yeah because you put like a lot of your own personality into I the do. Videos, oh like. absolutely i mean you know because i it's because history can be so easily made boring and i do my best mm. to not make it boring and to make it as accessible and as contextual as possible because sometimes you can dive into history without context and it doesn't make sense you know or it doesn't make the sense that it should doesn't carry the weight that it should and uh, and it's quite often at school sometimes that can happen where kids are going why are we even learning about this yeah but all of a sudden in the context of where it happens all of a sudden it makes sense there's and there's loads of little in jokes as well loads of little jokes in the in the illustrations in particular yeah um you know some of them are like little blink and you'll miss it things there's like all sorts of little movie references and stuff like uh, like there was when i did the cuban missile crisis I actually had uh, like for 
a second I had like a shot of the X-Men over in the corner you <laughs> okay. know from like X-Men first class like d- stupid things like yeah. that uh, and they'll be you know they'll be pointing us like yeah but we weren't really here sure we weren't it's like no we weren't okay <laughs> um, or like um, and, and and sometimes I will I'll try and like make really cryptic uh, references to see, you know, if people get them. It's like in uh, World War, the World War Two video. There's a, an image of London during the Blitz, and I do a little kid with a gas mask on asking, you know, "Are you my mummy?" And so, like, loads of people go, "Hey, look, it's a Doctor Who reference." Oh, okay. Uh, and then in the same video, when I'm when I'm describing uh, fascism, I have this little old lady in the corner shouting, um, you know, "Fascist." And then Mussolini shouts back at her, hag, which is straight out of Hot Fuzz. And loads of people are like, hey, it's a Hot Fuzz reference. I like it. I like it. So, you know, little things like that, you know, just to, to make it accessible, to make it fun as well. And that's kind of part of your job, really. Well, like, I mean, as teachers, like, it's not just about teaching. It's about, like, keeping these... Oh, yeah. Keeping, oh, like, yeah. Oh, you're, yeah. yeah. Entertained as well. Like, Absolutely. Part of the job, and it's it's really it's a really good resource actually. For yeah, well, like t- teachers all over the world use these. Teachers yeah. all over the world watch these videos in class, show the two kids a class, and then um, and then ki- kids whenever they're revising, mm. they'll be watching it themselves as, as well. It's like I always love kind of May June time because I always get people leaving <laughs> leaving comments going, you know, oh, you really saved my ass here. You know, I'm so yeah. glad that you know. Or it's like, is anybody else here because they're about to fail history tomorrow? <laughs> you know? And then and then the next day they text me back going, oh my god, you saved me. Yeah, I didn't fail. Yay. Um, it's so, rewarding for yeah. Oh, I you know it, it is it is really really rewarding and it's really nice because you do get so many um, positive comments. You get so many people kind of saying, "Oh, why weren't you my history teacher?" Or you know, it's like well, you know, I I learned I learned more in the last ten minutes than I did in you know six you know six years of uh, history in school. Um, well. So since setting up the, the the page and getting the success and all, and all the rest of it, have you been asked to like go? Have you, have any teachers been like oh? and have a chat with my kids and stuff like that yeah surely I do um, I, I, I go into schools yeah. doing history talks uh, I've been kind of all over the country now at this stage I've been down in, down Dublin a couple of schools and Tipperary and loads of schools in Donegal um, both primary and secondary schools because um, you know I kind of I just vary vary my content for the uh, for the age age groups but um, no I, and I, I come in and I do like a 90 minute presentation oh wow uh, of the you know it's it's it sounds it sound big, big and heavy and epic but at the same time because I'm because I'm showing the kind of enthusiasm about it and yeah. I'm, you know I'm jumping around the top of the class kind of telling the story and you know bringing it to life and kind of really bringing it into context because like it's always funny too so, uh, like whenever I'm in a class in particular uh, and you're talking about history and, and trying to make the links with what they know and where they uh, where they are when, when I'm uh, Assassin's Creed is a great one to get time uh, timelines okay, yeah. so it's like hey well has anyone played uh, Assassin's Creed 3 yeah okay so that's the American Revolution <laughs> and then uh, the um, the one based in France like right well that's the French Revolution then the Industrial Revolution is the one in London yeah. you know and obviously and or like you know Renaissance Italy is Assassin's Creed 2 and like just kind of tapping into that and, and go well off points, yeah so. exactly like it's like obviously these are fictional stories within the historical context but it gives them the beginnings of you know a field for um, 
you know, for you know, running around that space, seeing the technology available. Not that they're those ga- those games are one hundred percent accurate, but it's a really <laughs> it's a really good jumping off yeah. point, you know, to give them some form of reference. Or even like you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like okay, so that's kind of the seventeen twenties, you know. It's like because people are going, it's like what were the seventeen twenties like? Yeah, it's like, I love well, your world building. Yeah, kind yeah. Of it's like you know, what what was the eighteenth century like? It's like what was it? Well, it's like well, you know, swashbuckling pirates. That's yeah. That well, that was a part of it. Obviously, it's a, a, a tiny part of it, but you know. It's, Still part of it. Exactly. Yeah. So, what w- what was your favorite video to do on your YouTube? Oh, um, well, that's a, that's a, that's a tough Sorry, one. Sorry, making you ask to pick your favorite chat. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, I loved. Oh, I really enjoyed doing the American Civil War video. Yeah. Um, because well, because I got to learn a lot myself. That that's one thing I love about any of my videos is I get to learn a lot in my research. Um, because like there are certain topics that I that I already kind of know know quite a lot about beforehand, um, but then there's other topics that I need a lot of research going into, and the Civil War was one of them, yeah. uh, the American Civil War, and uh, I got to use a lot of maps, going through a lot of maps, of and actually not just the Civil War video, but actually the presidents of the United States. It was a oh, three-part yeah. video, uh, which I really enjoyed doing. Um, again, because I love I love maps. Uh, as I have discovered, <laughs> and as many many viewers pr- have probably noticed, I love maps because I'm always using maps. Um, but I love seeing how maps change, develop over time. Yeah. And I was able to illustrate that in my videos as as the years progress. Um, you know, you see the states change and the territories becoming states, and you know, um, what you know what what started as just the thirteen colonies. Uh, in like the, in the 1790s, all of a sudden, start you know spreading all the way across, and yet and then by by the end, by the end of the 19th century, you've pretty mu- you've pretty much got all of uh, mo- most of what is now the the United States of America, which which is it's quite mad, you know, quite quite kind of terrifying in some ways as well when you see just how how quickly uh, uh, that that. Empire, for want of a better word, spread across North America, yeah. um, but also kind of seeing the origins of certain things, like seeing, uh, like, uh, like, because there was there was a period of time for I think about thirty or forty years where the Oregon Territory, which up in the northwest of the United States, but heading on up into kind of uh, Vancouver, all all of that area, that was all just the, the Oregon Territory and all kind of Washington State now, all that area was just the Oregon Territory. That was actually shared for a time between the United States and Britain, because Britain at that point, of course, controlled Canada. And uh, so at that point, they chose... Uh, they had a treaty where it said, "Okay, yeah, no, we can we can both live in this land, we can share it." But eventually, it got to a point, I think, in around the eighteen forties or fifties, where they were like, "Okay, we have to draw a line here because you know we've got British people inside American people, and it's like, who's whose whose land is it anyway?" And so we have to draw a line, and they literally drew a line. They drew that straight line that is now the the border between between Canada and uh, and the United States up in the northwest. Uh, but you know it's funny where these these borders that you almost take for granted and you kind of look going like who, who decided that it's like you know um, the, between New Mexico Arizona Utah and Colorado 
it's just a straight line. It's a straight line, the and there's actually a point, a point uh, where the four states meet. There's a monument. Oh yeah. Uh, that you can go to, and you know you can stand on the four states. Although it's very funny because I looked, I looked at that uh, monument up on a. Uh, on on Google Maps or something, and now it could it, either Google Maps is off or the <laughs> monument is off. But it's hilarious. Cause it's a you know it seems to be like two two hundred feet. Oh my off. god. And so I think it's like entirely in Colorado or something. <laughs> oh, these pictures are lying. It's too, too much red tape to get it in the right place. Do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reasoning. <laughs> if if it was, if it was too awkward to, to build on state borders, but uh, you know, I, I find that quite funny. But yeah, no. Um, so that's that would be one of my one thing that I love about making any of my videos yeah. is being able to research. Uh, all of these topics and because that's the thing about history is sometimes it can be reduced to dates and names and battles and you know so sometimes it becomes just a list yeah. you know but it's not a list it's a story it's like that's where the word comes from you know his story yeah. you know his <laughs> story um, which is a wonderfully patriarchal word and uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, probably probably should be uh, re um, revised in, in, in some time in the future, but uh, that's another that's another discussion. Um, but you know that and that and that's very much how I approach my videos is storytelling mm. and telling the story, int- introducing topics, introducing characters. Yeah, um, you know, uh, it's great in some of my some history kind of lends itself more to others with regards kind of using the figures as characters like George Washington for example was a great one to be able to use who surfaces at the beginning of the American Revolution and by the end of it becomes the president the first president you know so there's there's almost like a character arc uh, within uh, within the story and then you've got like the likes of Napoleon as well who's this really interesting character uh, throughout the Napoleonic Wars and yet then within the French Revolution because all of the leadership kind of gets gets executed throughout the throughout the thing, it's it's difficult to keep a central game, character. Game, yeah, game. pretty much. Like you know, because because sometimes you know people talk about the French Revolution and say, oh yeah, you know they they executed their king and then they and then they had a. Uh, uh, you know, they uh, they stormed the Bastille, then they executed the king, and then they had a republic. It's like, well, no. <laughs> you know, they stormed the Bastille in, in 1789, and then they executed Louis the 16th, and was it two years later? And then they went through ten years of being at war with the rest of Europe. Yeah. And uh, you know, went through about four or five constitutions, and uh, essentially ended up. With a dictator who was Napoleon Bonaparte, <laughs> but uh, you know it's always um, it's always interesting to you know just kind of seeing seeing how those things can pan out or not pan out as sometimes it can be the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what for, well, yeah. what storytellers now do you admire? I know you did your first video like it was not not your first video, but one of your first videos was like. Donegal's twenty twelve Ireland Learning mixed with the Hobbit. Oh, you saw that. Away. So you like. Yeah. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien would be one of the big fan of Tolkien. Yeah. What do you um, think of this new Amazon Prime? Oh, I <laughs> fear the worst. Well, I, I'm I'm kind of indifferent to it, to be honest. Um, I uh, I think you know the if if they were to retell this the story of Lord of the Rings, I'd say it's brave. But the problem the problem is, I think it's coming from the wrong place. 
Yeah. You know, it feels more so like a cash grab where it's like, oh, Game of Thrones is popular. Hey, let's make a Lord of the Rings TV show. People will watch that. It's chalk and cheese as well. Like, they're totally different tones. Yeah, they're totally different tones, but they're also, you know, Game of Thrones lends itself to a TV series yeah. because it is so complex in the politics. Whereas Lord of the Rings is people walking. <laughs> you know, it is. Yeah. Like, And I love Lord of the Rings. But it's people walking from point A to point B and interesting things happening in between. Um, but it's like... At least we'll have Tom Bombard on <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing, you know, I, I don't even know if it's the if it's the content of Lord of the Rings that they're going to be um, depicting. it. They're, they're talk about potentially it being kind of set between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings or set before Lord of the Rings. Okay. And so I'm wondering, is it going to be set within the Peter Jackson Middle Earth universe yeah. or is it going to be the, their own thing I think I either way it's a poison chalice yeah you know you either reinvent the wheel and do your own thing with it but the problem with that is there's um, I think the, 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 the Lord of the Rings film trilogy had such an advantage of having such kind of visionary artists like uh, Alan Lee and John Howe involved yeah. who had been illustrating Tolkien for decades and so like whenever you see Orthanc, whenever you see Gandalf whenever you see all of these kind of places in those Lord of the Rings films they're straight out of those illustrations that you've been looking at for decades yeah. and so it's like oh wow they, they, they did it you know that, that's, that's what I saw it's like well yeah that's because you saw the, the picture in the book but they got those actual artists to do the concept or to you know to be some of the the chief concept artists yeah. and um, so to do a version of it to try and recreate Lord of the Rings you know, it'll it'll kind of feel like a, a, a cheap video game in yeah. some ways. Like you know, where you'll because ha- because video games have have also done Lord of the Rings, and we've also had the the Ralph Bakshi animated film, which in my opinion is a complete train wreck. <laughs> um, well, I mean, they they ran out of money before the end of the film, <laughs> and and they could they could they could they couldn't even fund a second film, so. Um, you know, so the the story just stops. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so. Uh, did did we do anything with this ring? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So big Tolkien fan, um, and uh, Tolkien. Oh, he was a very very uh, influential writer in my uh, in my years, and I suppose that's it pro- it's probably part of what stems my love of history. Mm-hmm. Between that and Star Wars, um, as I was a teenager. I wasn't into history, but I was into Star Wars and I was into Lord of the Rings and I was into the mythologies behind them. Yeah. And like Star Wars in particular, I remember I collected uh, it was the official Star Wars fact file, which came out every week and uh, and ended up being like six big binder, ring binders of, uh, of material. And I remember being fascinated with the chronology of events and how, you know, this... You know these these things that happened uh, millennia ago kind of led to what happened in the movies and then what happened beyond the movies. So I suppose it almost kind of laid the groundwork for my love of history. And interestingly enough, it was kind of in and around. Um, I really kind of abandoned. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did abandon Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up a little bit. Um, like, I still love Star Wars, but I kind of abandoned my devotion to Star Wars um, because they kind of started 
they started what how I felt. It felt like they were rec- recording over my old, my old videos. Yeah. Whenever they started kind of redoing the continuity, and uh, whenever they started doing the the Clone Wars yeah. TV oh, okay. series, and then Rebels, and now and now the brand new movies, it felt like they were just taping over old stories because as far as I was concerned they had told those stories in their continuity like uh, like say the, the Rogue One there yeah. there had been stories of the stealing of the Death Star plans told and up until Disney bought Disney bought Lucasfilm they were canon they were they were regarded as this is how the Death Star plans were stolen um, but now it's not the case um, but it's just it's funny uh, how I I kind of I lost my enthusiasm towards it because it just felt like they were literally rewriting history yeah. and going <laughs> actually that big battle that used to be really important in galactic history no no longer happened we're we, we're just we're just getting rid of that and uh, telling the story instead so I was kind of like right well if uh, I'm I'm gonna go and find a continuity that can't be changed that drastically so I'm gonna stick with history <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know it's There's like, a logic behind it yeah you know and you can't just go actually that battle didn't happen unless you're a you know a dictator which in oh, which yeah. case That's you can <laughs> and people have so like like J.R.R. Tolkien and I don't know Emil and you have a middle initial do you think that helped you get your book deal <laughs> oh yeah totally totally uh, well no, the, the, middle the, the middle initial is actually funny it's become a kind of a, a bone of uh, contention in some in some regards just over the last couple of months because uh, no because some some people were, I've, I've I've begun having to insist on the D oh right yeah because uh, you know some people just kind of put, put it up put it up on a poster oh it's John Roddy and blah 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 it's like but John Ruddy is a Wolverhampton goalkeeper. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm like, you know, I don't want people showing up going, he's not a goalkeeper. And so I'm, I'm kind of, that's that's part of the reason why I insist on the D because I'm like, you know, I'm I'm John D. Ruddy, the YouTuber extraordinaire, <laughs> not not the Wolverhampton goalkeeper. Um, but so it just has other advantages as well. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and plus, you know, you've 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 had you've had so many people, as like you said, you know, who have those kind of middle initials, and even kind of within the acting world as well. You know, William H Macy, Samuel L Jackson, John D Ruddy. You know, I was like, yeah, it just just has a ring to it. You know. Yeah. Sometimes you just have a. Sometimes people just have a good middle initial. Mine is A. So Ryan A McBride. It's like yeah, it's like know. you're asking a question. Yeah, like a, yeah. Or you know. Are you Canadian? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but anyway, yeah. The book. What made you go with the revolutionary period? Um, well, I kind of figured. Um, well, it was my publishers who told me to. No. Uh, <laughs> well, it was. But also the reasoning behind it was um, last year I did uh, revolutionary Ireland. Or no, wait, no. Last year I did Manny Man does the history of Ireland. So that was all of Irish history uh, in a in a broad stroke um, from the Ice Age all the way up till now. Um, but then for this, for the second book, we decided to uh, focus on Revolutionary Ireland because the original pitch actually last year, being 2016, was a book about the Easter Rising. But then we figured by the time we'd get it out in the autumn, that boat would have sailed on the Easter Rising hype of last year. Yeah. So we decided this year to not only kind of go with the Easter Rising, but also then thinking in advance go for the war of independence and the civil war because we're going to be hitting all of those centenaries now over the next couple of years um so uh so that's that's but that's that's part of the reason that it's re- it's very relevant 
Um, and plus also because a lot of, a lot of kids really got into history last year and they really kind of uh, bought into the whole kind of centenary of the Easter Rising. So I'm kind of you know I'm, tr- I'm tr- trying to make sure that they're not abandoned. <laughs> you know that 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 love of history isn't abandoned and going okay yeah no let's 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 move on to the next subject. It's like because there are so many kids who got so much into it. It's like well you know you want to see what happened next how how it all went on. Yeah. You know and. Uh, and not only that, but it's also for adults as well. Like that's that's the thing about my books. Same as my videos is, you know, kids can get, uh, kids can read them, but adults can read them just as easily, and uh, and get a lot, if not more, out of them than the kids. Um, because I don't, I don't write, I don't talk down to kids. I, I don't, I don't think kids should be talked down to. Yeah. Obviously, there's certain language that one would use, but you know, kids are smart, you know, and they'll. They'll, they'll pick it up but you know it's 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 not about dumbing down it's about it's about finding the common place yeah and and I think I can kind of do that or so it would <laughs> seem um, but yeah so this book now Revolutionary Ireland uh, Manny Man does Revolutionary Ireland 1916 to 1923 really rules off the tongue um, <laughs> yeah it's all it's all the fun years it's all 1916 uh, to 1923 uh, so Easter Rising War of Civil War and you know you, you, uh, kind of go, building on what I was saying about kind of storytelling and stuff um, you know you've, you've got the likes of all of the Easter Rising leaders yeah. who are all introduced and uh, kind of built upon and then of course spoilers they all get executed <laughs> or most of them do anyway and then Eamon de Valera is left over and then you're like okay so who's this guy and then Michael Collins you know who you know played a small a smaller role in the Easter Rising you know help, helping particularly helping them evacuate from the GPO he kind of led a, a, a daring a daring evacuation uh, attempt um, uh, across to Moors Lane and um, he so it was interesting then kind of building then on his character yeah uh, and uh, and then ultimately again spoilers killing him off <laughs> but that, but that's the thing you know that the, the history is written it's, it's just up to me to uh, to present it yeah. in a in an interesting way so is it hard to avoid bias then when you're doing stuff like that <laughs> it is depends on the topic yeah. um, and uh, like with with regards to the book, you know you're you're dealing with the Irish Civil War, which still affects so many people's kind of leanings politically, um, kind of whether Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael or wherever you want to lie, um, and you know some people worship Dev, some people hate him, some people worship Michael Collins, some people hate him, um, but I. I did my best throughout this book to be as balanced as I could and to pick out faults in both where I could and but also praise them where I could like you know Dev did ultimately uh, did ultimately pick apart the Irish Free State Constitution and get us independence just in time for World War Two, which was great yeah. but of course you know he kind of did what Michael Collins was suggesting to do before the Civil War and you know so like part of me is kind of like <laughs> yeah um, but then of course you know as as great as Michael Collins was um, you know I do really appreciate how you know he knew that he had to compromise and he knew that that was the only way that Ireland was was, was going to work at that point he knew he couldn't get the British to bend any further yeah. and Dev knew that too um, but um, 
I but I also appreciate that while he was in negotiations with the British, he was also still in command of the IRA, yeah. who were still uh, like um, you know there, there there were you know assassinations organised amidst all of the amidst all of uh, all of the kind of rumblings towards the civil war, which possibly were down to Michael Collins's orders himself. So it's like, you know, he wasn't perfect. You know, he had he had so many people shot kind of in cold blood, you know, like a lot of those informants who were just shot dead on the street, you know, and it was it was fierce, you know, it was fierce fierce war. Um and you know, and the book the book goes into that. Um like obviously in a child-friendly way but I mean you know I don't shy away from it either that you know people died in this conflict you know it was a war yeah and you know and and sometimes it's important to that war isn't glazed over Uh, obviously you know you know we'll get too graphic or anything but at the same time you know when kids learn about war you know, you don't you don't want to be learning about oh this great war where everybody all went in and fought and wasn't it great and you know yeah. you had these great heroes and stuff. It's like yeah, but it was also horrific, and you know the, it's 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 easy to tell a story about this brave man who went out to 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 fight, but you know it's also the story of um uh, you know someone who went out and killed people yeah. and who was quite possibly terrified in the whole process and like, yeah you know and so it's you know, like you look at Patrick Pierce for example and you know when you when you look at you know, when you look at him and some of his life today and I don't get me wrong I really admire Patrick Pierce for a lot of the things that he did don't get me wrong whatsoever but at the same time he kind of used his school as a as a form for well, some some would use the term radicalizing, yeah. you know, and um, you know, in, in in the modern context, uh, you know, that word has a lot of connotations. Um, but that's the thing. So, like, I mean, no, none of the sides were perfect, and none of the sides were, uh, and I, and I do my best to balance that. Um, now that being said, you know, don't worry. I mean, <laughs> there's plenty that the British did absolutely terribly as well, which I do go into as well. You know, it's 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 not too far one way or the other, yeah. uh, because ultimately the British did horrendous things in this country, and there were reasons why Irish people were like, actually, no, we we don't want to be part of this United Kingdom. Yeah, um, they didn't sit up one day and think, oh, you know what, I'd like some more. Yeah. Power. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's well now, uh, you know that. Well, that, a lot of people kind of went along with the status quo, and it did take the likes of the Easter Rising to wake a lot of people up because people didn't, you know, they weren't really bothered. Uh, the general majority weren't really bothered until they saw the British response. You know, they they saw that, and because initially people were really annoyed with. The, the Easter Rising leaders and you know and the, the the volunteers who fought in the Easter Rising because it was them who started it it's like oh look at all this death and destruction you caused but the more that people realised it was like well it wasn't the volunteers who were shelling Dublin yeah you know yeah. it wasn't the volunteers who reduced the place to rubble yeah they started it but it was the Brits who finished it you know and you know they they, they swatted a fly with a sledgehammer <laughs> and um, uh, and then they executed so many of the leaders so quickly like you know it's it's something that sometimes people don't realize but when you look at the dates it's like they surrendered on the saturday 
and the first execution started on the Tuesday. Jesus. You know, like like yeah. Pierce had surrendered on Saturday and he was executed on Tuesday in secret. You know, and then those executions went on for the guts of a week and a half, two weeks, and it was by ev- eventually on the on the last day of uh, what do you call it, of James Connolly and whatnot, because like there there were about a hundred more who were who were sentenced to death, um, but the the British the British Prime Minister Asquith came over to Dublin and said, "Would you stop executing them? You're making murders." You know, because what's his name? Um, General Maxwell, uh, Sir John Maxwell. He thought um, he thought that he'd make an example out of them. Yeah. But you know, he was making murders, and because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Because then people all of a sudden saw that these people died for something. They died for an Irish Republic. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, it became an idea that had some credence. Yeah. And it was then that was the real kind of spark for Irish independence in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, some reckon that that's exactly what Patrick Pierce had planned. You know, that idea of the blood sacrifice, that that's what was needed. You know, he some some reckon that he went into the Easter Rising knowing that he, that he wasn't coming out of it. Or, he, you know, because, you know, the British would have been better off letting them rot in an English jail. And... You know, away from everything, and and, and uh, yeah, and you know, forgotten the you know, in in, in some ways the way that uh, whereas Patrick Pierce looked at the likes of Wolf Tone, who looked at the likes of Robert Emmett, all of these ones who who fought and then died. You know, Wolf Tone was sentenced to death, but he took his own life beforehand because because they wouldn't shoot him, and uh, and Robert Emmett, he was he was he was hung and then beheaded. Um, so you know. And so Pierce looked to these folks for inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, you know. So uh, it's that kind of tongue-in-cheek, sometimes sometimes macabre humor that I bring to it because you know it's it's about making it it's about making it accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah. So how long did it take you to write the book? A uh, couple of months. Um, a couple of months, uh, like because well, it was a relatively short turn uh, turnaround. Less because learned from last. Yeah, exactly. Oh, big time. Um, uh, I so I kind of knew where where the big pinches in time would come, and I also I was also straight. I went straight from doing that video on the presidents of the United States to this. So you know, it was a real kind of. Um, it was, a, it was a real tight schedule, but I managed to do it. And then because of the illustrations as well, I had another guts of 200 illustrations to do for the book, including a wonderfully detailed uh, map of Dublin um, uh, a, a, from 1916. Uh, a lot of uh, what, what what was nice, and this is a nice thing about kind of what I'm doing in general with the YouTube videos as well, is that I've gotten to a point now where I have such an archive of images that I'm able to recycle certain images. So like with the Easter Rising, there were so many images for the book that I didn't have to draw again because I had them drawn, so I used them, happy days. Um, and, uh, and, and and that happens kind of within my other videos as well, uh, where, you know, I'll mention World War One. I've got loads of pictures of World War One, so I'll just throw that picture and there's no point in me drawing another image unless it's something specific that I want to depict. Um, so uh, you know it's quite a, it's quite nice in that way. But that being said, I had so many new ones to do. But again, whenever I do whenever I do a video for the War of Independence, the Irish War of Independence, 
I'll probably recycle a lot of images that I used from the book, yeah. you know, and and same with the Irish Civil War. So, you know, it's 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 give and take. You know, it's all time investment. You know, I put the time into it, and it'll pay back later. And you won't dump any pictures because you're gonna you're gonna need them. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh no, I have I have them all archived and uh, framed and sold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, who? Mo- most most of them are in my possession. There's there's one or two images. I know. Uh, uh, um, a friend of mine for his for his fortieth. He's he's been a wonderfully big fan of uh, of Manny Man since he was like a web comic year in back in like twenty ten, and uh, for his uh, for his birthday uh, it was a big birthday, and I I gave him the image of uh, London during the Blitz. Yeah. With the with the little kid with the gas mask because he's a big Doctor Who fan as well. So I was oh, like, okay. you appreciate that. So, uh, so yeah. but but most but most of them yeah are still in my possession, and I've and I have them all archived because they, they they build up because yeah, they're all hand drawn. Oh, yeah, you know they're all and because that's the thing too. Lots of markers. Yeah, lots of mark, lots of markers. Um, but the thing is, on online in particular, there's so much digital art. Yeah. Because uh, in a lot of ways, it's easier. You know, you don't have to worry about materials. Yeah. You know, you've infinite materials. You're not worried about running out of paint, running out of markers. Um, but I, I, I still hand draw all of my stuff, partially because I'm a bit analog. <laughs> I'm a little bit analog, but at the same time as well, I. Um, uh, but at the same time, it's about. Um, it's part of my style you know it's part of what I do uh, that Manny Man is hand drawn because I have occasionally drawn Manny Man digitally and it's, it's not the same you know it's 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 a funny one um, he, he may go digital in the future who knows but uh, you know when, whenever I have a, a vast empire of people drawing <laughs> for me but until I can get somebody who can draw Manny Man the exact exact way that I draw him uh, then uh, it'll it'll still be me drawing them for quite quite a while. Yes, it'll be true. Do you know what your next video is going to be? Probably the Vietnam War. Oh, okay. Because uh, because people have been asking for it for ages. In fairness, I've been hinting at it for the last maybe three years. <laughs> I like because you know also you know as as part of my you know kind of storytelling. At the end of my videos, I'll sometimes kind of like do a little teaser, a little you know the, the same the same way as like the Marvel movies do a little kind of post credit sting, you know, where they'll be hinting at the next movie. Like I'll do that where like at the end of the World War One video, it was like you know people thought that you know this was going to be the war to end all wars, but unfortunately they were mistaken. And there's a picture of a disgruntled Hitler sitting there going, "Oh, I could run this country a lot better," <laughs> and and likewise then kind of there was a teaser for. Uh, uh, for the Cold War at the end of World War Two, but then I did a video about the uh, about the Cuban Missile Crisis, and at the end of that, I hint at the Vietnam War. But I did that video oh back in twenty. Well, it would have been uh, late twenty fourteen. Okay. And so, <laughs> and people have been going, "What are you doing, Vietnam?" <laughs> and like, I touch it in my Cold War video, and then I touched it again in my President of the United States video. And people are like, "Where are you doing it?" And I would have done it before. It was funny. I was looking at an old schedule that I'd put together when I was hoping to maybe potentially be able to do a video once a month. Yeah. Oh God. No. <laughs> um, because like that Russian Revolution video took me like got to five months to do. Well, obviously I was doing other projects in between, 
but um, but yeah, it it result it ended up being a being a guts of five months, which was the longest turnover time I've ever done for a video, which I don't wish to repeat. You know, I don't want I don't want videos dragging. Out. Actually, no, I lied. You know, I say Vietnam. Um, it's probably actually going to be a video about the flight of the airs. Okay. Which yeah. I will be doing uh, for uh, Rath Mullen. Um, uh, in the museum up there which I've been asked to do uh, so I'll be producing that hopefully for some time in February um, so yeah that that will that will come first sorry youtubers but that one comes <laughs> first money money talks and <laughs> money talks yeah yeah money talks is right um, but yeah so that's uh, so they, they will be the, the two upcoming videos in, in yeah, the future. full schedule on there yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, well. But yeah, thanks very much for talking to me. Thank you very much, it's been and, really enjoyable. And uh, we can find your book in all good bookstores. All good bookstores, yeah, yeah. And you, you, you might even get a signed one in there if I've been about. Oh, so you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, I'll occasionally post up um, uh, photos of uh, where I've signed the books if, if I've been in a shop. So keep an eye out.